You're listening to the Carterville Church Life Podcast. I love our church family, and I hope that you do too. Our goal is that the episodes of this podcast would keep us connected and focused while we're scattered for our week on missions together. I hope that you're blessed by what you hear today. Hey, church family, thanks so much for tuning in to the podcast today. I am very excited to have you with us. Uh, Today's podcast is going to be a devotional podcast about what we should be doing while we wait on Jesus to come back. But before we get into our text for the day, I just want to say I, you know, I'm a little late getting the episode recorded. It's Wednesday evening. I've been in student ministry for a few minutes. My oldest son is in our youth group. Our my middle son is moving into the youth group this fall. And so I was I went and worshiped with the students and just, you know, said hi to our middle schoolers and high schoolers and then stepped out to report, record the podcast and just with those guys fresh on my mind, with those young ladies and those young guys in there. Man, I was just excited to be a pastor for a few minutes and think about the people that are being discipled here who are going to be disciple makers um, through our school. But also just, man, I love our students and I'm proud of them. And I just want to encourage our church family, hey, be, be praying for our students right now, for our teenagers as they're getting ready to go back to school, back to their mission field. Um, so they could have impact this summer. They could have impact this fall when they get into the classroom. We just... I love our students. It was awesome being there worshiping with them. And while I was, uh, you know, while we were singing together and I was looking around, my heart was just full, just proud of them. So anyway, church family, let's be praying for our students, celebrate our student ministry. All right. So I want to be in Matthew chapter 25 today. Uh, in Matthew chapter 25, we're nearly at the end of the gospel. Matthew is 28 chapters long. And so, you know, we move from 25 into 26 and 27, where Jesus is crucified and, and buried and raised. And then 28, you know, where we have the, you know, the, the resurrection and ascension of Jesus. So we're almost at the very end of Matthew's telling of the gospel of Jesus. And Jesus has been teaching these disciples, preparing them to lead the church because he knows that he'll be crucified, that he'll be buried and raised, and then one day he'll ascend to the Father, and the apostles are going to have to take his teaching, his life, his witness, his example, and use that to lead the church. Filled with the Spirit of Christ, they're going to have to go forward and build the church. So as he's preparing them for the Great Commission, he gives them these three big parables. They're very familiar to most people. I'll recount them quickly, but I really want to put them together. Um, I've talked to some church members today um, and just, you know, we went over these parables. It was just a blessing to me. So I just want to pass that on to you. Well, the first parable is a parable of uh, 10 maidens who are getting ready for a wedding. So in a nutshell, this parable goes like this. There are 10 ladies who are supposed to be a part of a wedding ceremony. They don't know when the groom is coming back for the bride. They grab lamps. I suppose they expect it'll be nighttime. They take oil. They don't know when the groom is coming. Apparently, the groom comes later than they thought because... Five of the ladies did not pack enough oil. They did not bring enough oil to keep their lamps burning. Their their lamps run out. They ask if they can borrow oil. They cannot borrow any oil. They have to go find oil. While they're gone, the groom arrives and everybody enters the wedding banquet for the celebration and the doors are shut. And the five ladies who were late, well, they're just late. So that's the first parable. The second parable, um, there's a master who allows his property, his estate, his kingdom to be governed by three stewards. He's going to be gone for a journey for a long time, and he gives each of these stewards what he thinks they can handle. He gives three talents of gold, uh, five talents of gold to one, 
uh, he gives uh, two talents of gold to another, and he gives one talent of gold to a third. You know, the guy that got the five, he uses them well. He multiplies them. So on some unappointed day, unknown day, the master comes back, and everybody has to settle accounts. You know how this, the parable goes, right? The guy with five, um, he invested them well. He he used them well, and he's got five more. So he he was a good manager of what the master put in his care. The second guy, same thing. I mean, he, he was given two bags of gold and he used them well. And when the master came back, he was able to say, you know, I, I, I labored in your kingdom and I've given you a return. Here's, here's, here's double. Um, for both of these guys, the master says, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been, few, well, you've been uh, faithful with a few things. I'm going to put you in charge of many things. Enter into the happiness of your master. I love that statement. Well, the third guy says, you know, I knew you wanted more than you gave me, which is, you know, kind of the point. I knew you wanted to harvest where you hadn't planted the seeds. In other words, you're expecting me to plant seeds and to multiply this. Well, I didn't want to lose anything. I knew you're a tough guy. But knowing all that, I just buried, I buried the gold so that when you came back, I could say, look, here's exactly what you gave me. And that's it. I didn't do anything with it. Of course, the master's upset and, you know, and punishes him. So that's the first two parables. The third parable, well-known parables, parable of the sheep and the goats. You know, the in that one, the return of Jesus is presented not as a not as a uh, groom coming back for a wedding, and not as a master coming back into his kingdom, but as a shepherd coming back to his flock. So in the parable of the sheep and the goats, the shepherd comes back and he sorts out all of his flock into two groups, sheep and goats. And the sheep, you know, they're going to go to heaven and the goats are going to go to hell. And the sheep ask, you know, why are we, why are we blessed? You know, why are you letting us into your kingdom? And the answer is because, you know, when, when I was hungry, you fed me, thirsty, you gave me something to drink. When I was sick or in prison, you visited me. When I was naked, you clothed me. Uh, You cared about me. And they said, um, master, you know, we've never saw you hungry or naked or sick. We never saw you in prison or sick. Um, And Jesus said, well, as you have done to the least of these, that's you've done that to me. In other words, I see that you loved God, you loved me, and you demonstrated that by the way you loved people. So the goats on his left, you know, they're they're going to be condemned. And you know, well, why are we being condemned? And and he says, you know, because you did not feed me when I was hungry, you did not give me anything to drink when I was thirsty, you didn't come see me in prison. And they say the same thing. When did we ever see you hungry or sick? And Jesus says, well. Just as you did not do any of these kind acts, the least of these, so you that's how you treated me. In other words, there was no love of God in your heart, and you proved that by not loving by not loving people. So they're they're condemned. So these three parables are stacked on top of each other. Jesus explains what it's going to be like to wait on him in these three images. It's like waiting on a groom, it's like waiting on a master of a kingdom, it's like waiting on the great shepherd. And each of these parables sort of builds on the idea of the return of Jesus. And I want to show you how they build. So the first parable of the ten maidens who are waiting on the groom to come back, and five of them weren't ready. They The groom took too long, and they weren't prepared. They couldn't hang in there to the end. They didn't persevere. And he came back at a time when they were not expecting him, longer, than, in fact, than, than they were expecting. So the first parable basically reminds you that you do not know the day or the hour when Jesus is coming back. So you better be prepared. Be ready. Don't become lazy. Don't go into autopilot or cruise control just because he's tarried, just because you've had to wait, just because generations have passed and he hasn't returned. Do not allow that to cause you to go into neutral. Be ready for Jesus. The second 
parable sort of helps you think, all right, well, while we're waiting on Jesus, we are stewards of the kingdom. We're supposed to be using the gifts and the talents and resources he gave us to build the kingdom. So what are you doing? Have you have you basically taken what God's given you and you've buried in the sand? You've only cared about yourself. You've only cared about you know your pride, your your status, your reputation. Or have you used the resources that God gave you? Your mind, your energy, your time, your home, your your family, your skills, your talents. Have you used these things to expand the kingdom? Are there more people coming into the Lord's family because of your efforts? So while the master is away. We are his stewards, his ambassadors. We're supposed to be building his kingdom. And so now we might ask, well, what does that look like? How do we govern his kingdom? Well, what are we supposed to be doing? And for me, that's where the parable of the shepherd and the sheep serves us well. We know exactly what we're supposed to be doing. The ministry of the kingdom of God is transferred person to person. We're supposed to be taking the gospel and the good news of Jesus, especially the transformational love of Jesus, and loving and serving people, especially the least of these. So we'll be building the kingdom of God and showing the grace of God, showing the change in our hearts by dying to ourselves and by serving Jesus. And one of the ways that we'll see that is that we will care for the least of these. When somebody is hungry, we'll help feed them. When somebody's thirsty, we'll give them something to drink. The sick, the the imprisoned, we'll care for them. So I always want to put these three back in perspective. The parable of the ten maidens, you do not know when Jesus is coming back. Please be ready and don't fall asleep. Don't, don't get lazy or bored. Don't fall in love with the world. While he's gone, build the kingdom. It's our job to be doing something here on earth with what he's given us. Let this let this be our effort. The kingdom of heaven has already begun with the empty tomb. Well, what should I be doing? You should be loving your neighbor. You should be serving. You should be caring for the least of these. You should be a living and active gospel witness. Okay, so I want to present that to you because I know right now a lot of us are thinking about you know, what will the return of Jesus be like and what do we do to be ready? Um and, you know, there's lots of things people do to be ready. I, honestly, the thing that I hear a lot on the radio or reading books or um, on YouTube videos or whatever is that, you know, if you want to be ready for the return of Christ, you should you know, store up non-perishable food items, you know, buy guns, buy ammunition, prepare for war. Um, okay, well, that's, that's one line of thinking. But what Jesus encourages to do while we wait is to build the kingdom, to love your neighbor to not fall asleep to the work of God, to care for the least of these. And so whatever you do while you look forward to the return of Jesus, while we wait on the return of Christ, let me prioritize the words of Jesus. And today, while you wait on the return of Jesus, be eager, anxious, and ready, but be busy building the kingdom and be sure that you're loving your neighbor. Make sure that you love the least of these. So if you want to ask King Jesus what it looks like to wait for the kingdom, These are your three snapshots. Ten maidens waiting on their bridegroom. Three servants waiting on their master to see how well they've governed the kingdom. And sheep and goats who have loved their neighbor or have not. So where do you fall in this? Church family, as you love the Lord today and serve well, I just want to encourage you. Let's build the kingdom. Let's love our neighbor. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode of the podcast. If this was useful to you, share it with somebody you love. Thanks a lot. God bless you.